This is Ed McMahon, and now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Live from Studio C. C, senor. A dimly lit room, deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications Compound, today on a Tuesday, we're under the tutelage of our general manager, General Michael Flynn. Sentenced to pay for his lies, which were difficult to explain and in weird circumstances. We're going to talk to a reporter about that later, try to figure out what's going on. I drove into work today, just slightly above the speed limit with my hands in 10 and 2. Just showing that the police intervention in my life was successful and accomplished what it was supposed to do. Make me a law-abiding citizen. That's right. You you kept the uh, empty vodka bottle by your side the entire way in, <laughs> instead of hurling it out the window as, as your usual practice. So uh, very happy with that. <clears throat> um, geez, I was just looking at some poll numbers that have me riled up already. Oh, so no. uh, it's a little early to be riled. By double digits, Americans don't want Trump to shut down the government over border wall funding. I would like to know of those people surveyed, how many of them have any idea what the government shutdown would mean. For them, or how you know what is happening in reality with the government shutdown? What percentage of them do you think have any idea? Right, right. It'd be very small. You know, and and if you were to ask them a preliminary question, all right. First of all, if there was a quote unquote government shutdown, would you really care? And whoever answered no, send them on their way. Don't even ask them. Because I'd imagine the huge number of Americans just don't even care the whole threatened government shutdown thing. Boy, is that a worn-out trope. Hmm? Well, according to this poll, 54% to 29%, they oppose the shutdown that Donald Trump has threatened. Ah, the Trump shutdown. The Mm -hmm. Trump racist border wall shutdown. Okay. Two to one Americans would blame Trump and the Republicans. I've never cared about a government shutdown. Not one of them has ever happened if I cared about I did. It made me mad when they were blocking off hiking paths. You know, that made me mad yeah, because I'm it was militant so on that. stupid. Well, and but. to whatever extent they managed to screw active duty uh, service members and families and vets in some cases, they do that because they know if they, if they jab those people, if they hurt those people, the American people will say, whoa, 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 something's going on here. We, we need to acquiesce to your will, oh, wise ones. So they go after either the most vulnerable or the most honorable to piss us off, and that bothers me. Mm. And the people always get their back pay. You know, that's a, a thread out there that uh, most people don't understand. They're not losing sure. out on their money. Right. Um, right. We have an email, actually, about the government shutdown that I'm anxious to get okay, to. Okay, cool. Yeah. 
Cool. And this time around, it's smaller than any of the previous shutdowns because so much of the government has already been funded. It'd be a tiny amount. Anyway. Oh, boy. Let's introduce everybody in the squad. We'll start over there with our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. How are you this morning, Michael? I'm doing good. Uh, One week from today, probably at this time, uh, your kids will be running around a Christmas tree, opening presents and all the... Festivities exactly one week away today. I don't know how I'm going to deal with Santa with my youngest, who often stays up all night light, long like he did last night. I've been up with him since 2.30, and he never went to bed. I don't know how Santa's going to come when he <laughs> if he never goes to bed. Well, I suggest, Jack, you take a page from an English farce. And uh, by that, I mean you say, uh, let's, let's go find Santa. And then you go off on a wild goose chase, which is ultimately unsuccessful. Then when you get back to the room you started from, who's there? Well, Santa's not there, but, but the evidence uh, of him being there has been there. I'm sure you remember from having younger kids, there's a fair amount of uh, time involved in getting mm. everything set up for the whole uh, Santa appearance. And y- Yes, yes. So you'll have to employ elves. Or, uh... <laughs> oh, God. Did you ever leave food out for Santa as a oh, kid? We always, I, never, I don't know if we ever did, but my kids do. It was always my dad's favorites, coincidentally. I never realized it until I got, he was older, but, you know. Oh, yeah. Could you leave me a Coors Light and uh, some of the salami and crackers? I really yeah. like that. <laughs> no, Daddy, cookies for Santa. <laughs> ah, there's Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Uh, doing very well. I bring to you this uh, 19th century wisdom. Now, this is the ver- now, it's not the whole poem, but this is part of a poem that Warren Buffett suggests people read when the market is tanking. Oh, good. Well, that would be now. So, if you, uh, Mr. Brubeck, if you please. If you keep your head when all about you are losing theirs. If you can wait and not be tired by waiting. If you can think and not make your thoughts your aim. If you can trust yourself when all men doubt you. Yours is the earth and everything that's in it. Mr. Brubeck, that's enough. <laughs> oh, yeah. Why were we wow, the earth and all that's in it. Yes. Yeah. Why, were we yes. Listening, why were we listening to Tech? Take five by Dave Brubeck. I'm getting me some cadmium because it's artsy, man. (laughs) Oh, that poem was good. Mr. Desmond, hit him with the horn. Let him know you're here. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Mr. Desmond. That's a good tune right there. (laughs) Oh, please. Groovy daddy O's. We'll have to read that again later. That's good stuff right there. That applies to all kinds of good stuff. Can Mr. Brubeck come back when I read it later? Sure, absolutely. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Any excuse for the great Dave Brubeck. So, 19th century is 1800s. I have to do that in my mind anytime something, any. The 14th century. Okay, that's the 1300s. Right, I nice. have to do that in my mind every time. Uh, yep. The Rudyard Kipling poem, if if you uh, if you're looking to find it yeah. yourself. Uh, yeah, uh, Rudyard Kipling, who is a uh, national hero in Great Britain, and now they're taking down his statues and poems and everything like that because he was pro-colonialism at the time, which is when the entire world was pro-colonial. Exactly. Uh, There's Marshall Phillips, who does our news every day. How are you, Marshall? I'm doing very well. We've got a trio of celebrity birthdays to unwrap for you today. First out of the box, Christina Aguilera turning 38 today. The uh, singer is uh, worth a tidy $160 million. Wow. Well, you become a famous early. You can be around a long time and still be in your 30s, apparently. Yep. I, 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 is she the singer of my theme song, Hips Don't Lie? No, that's Shakira. That is. Oh, okay. yeah, your, your theme song. <laughs> uh, I do believe Christina Aguilera gets uh, mischaracterized or categorized with the Britney Spears and the Jessica Simpsons right. of the world as mm-hmm. kind of just this this bundled machine produced thing. She has an all time great voice. She has a, a lot of questionable yeah. songs, but her her voice is undeniable. Questionable songs. <laughs> She's one of the hosts of that TV show too, right? The, uh, uh, I believe so. Yeah. yeah, whatever it's called, The Voice. The Voice. Yeah. There you go. 
Actor Brad Pitt is 55 today, and uh, Brad's net worth, $240 million. Man, they're, they're working on that divorce settlement, so we'll yeah, see how that true. ends up. <laughs> and last but certainly not least, master director-producer Steven Spielberg is 72 today. His net worth, a blockbuster like his movies, almost $4 billion. Steven Spielberg's worth $4 billion. Almost. Yep. Holy cow. Creeping now, has, right he done, has he done anything uh, George Lucas-like? You know, created a gigantic, uh, you know, new technology. He's got his own tech studios. and. No, I think things. he works. I think he works mostly with Lucas Tech Studios for uh, Or does he just have a really cool house and a giant TV and a fast car? <laughs> right. Eats lots of chocolate yeah. pudding. Right. Well, I don't know about the and last only one. The finest, <laughs> only the finest chocolate pudding. No, he has servants remove the lumps. Right. No. I, I, I would have guessed high, but I wouldn't have guessed $4 billion. Yeah. Uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. It is Tuesday, December 18th, year 2018. We're setting you straight in 21-8. We're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. And not once during that entire discussion of the great Steven Spielberg did anybody refer to him as simply Spielberg. And I would like to thank you all for that <laughs> insufferable, uh, as it is an uh, award season is uh, uh, sneaking yeah. up on us. Yeah. Uh, good. All right, let's begin the show officially now, according to FCC rules and regulations. Enough pleasantries. Let's get down to work at Mark. Even after I was no longer in possession with the fish, they still continued to have security around us. And <laughs> That is just a taste of the discussion as a college student tried to get her pet fish on a plane as an emotional support animal. <laughs> that was a college student? She sounded like she was eight. And they're trying to work out how to get the pet fish on as an emotional support animal. Uh, we'll get into that later. What are other headlines, Marshall Phillips? Uh, coming up, Michael Flynn's sentence today. Trump tweets, good luck. James Comey's war words with the White House continues. And another black eye for social media giants, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Those stories coming up. Yeah, they were being used by the Russians to a great extent, and which, you know, happens. What are you going to do? The Russians are good at what they do. But they were lying to us about how much they knew about it, all these uh, social media people. Um, how's mailbag look? Oh, it's very good, very good. Uh, a great uh, variety of input, both uh, whimsical and serious. Uh, also, I think I'm beginning to figure out what happened with General Michael Flynn. Okay, I, I still don't understand. I completely confused by that. Why Why do you bother lying? Everybody knows everything. You guys got a good square jaw, though. Oh, yeah. Fine man. Are devices to blame for teen depression? Another study out on that. Yes. Joe says yes. Uh, Stay tuned for all that coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. nation. Christmas music. Yeah, it oh, is. Oh, boy. You don't like it, do you? Eh, I know a lot of people do like it, so I'm not going to, you know. I remember when my, my wife was a big fan of it back in the day, back in when it was fairly new, and it was novel, and I get it. It's, uh... I just had this conversation yesterday with my wife on the how I it doesn't bother me music other people like. I just don't Have you care. ever been on the internet? <laughs> if other people like some music, it doesn't make me mad any more than if you like 
Raisin Bran more than Cheerios. I just don't care. But I know it makes a lot of other people Cheerios mad. suck. <laughs> Only you're, an idiot would eat Cheerios. You're an idiot if you like that. Two right. scoops are stupid. I would like to hear one of the Clapton Christmas songs from his new album, because I'm, I'm liking the Clapton Christmas album. Okay, I'll seek stuff out. And needless to say, Bob Dylan. Have to mention, yes, of course. <laughs> Have to mention, we got this. Artificial intelligence. They plugged into a computer and they told AI, make the perfect Christmas song. It did. It's called Cinnamon Holly Bells. <laughs> and we'll, we'll, we'll play some of that for you later. What are you, what are you supposed to lick them? How do you know there's cinnamon? You make All right. I love that. That's a funny idea. Mailbag. First of all, something we are going to post for you at armstrongandgetty.com. Uh, I haven't sent it along to Hanson yet just because I came across it. To alert listener, uh, listener Gabrielle, who says we'll, we help keep her sane on long adult interactionless days as a stay-at-home mom with a six-month-old. Oh, I, uh, I, I, I hear you there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I remember those days uh, fondly. You know why? Because the human memory is uh, it's, it's inaccurate. Uh, I do remember the wonderful parts. The the tough parts tend to fade. But anyway, uh, it's, uh, you know, porch piracy is a huge problem right now. I In guess fact, I heard some of the numbers yesterday on how many packages are being stolen. Uh, it it was a heck of a lot last year, and it's supposed to explode this year. Uh, I mean, compared to last year. Yeah, it's it's insane. And uh, Have you heard and, some of the new technology that they're going with? My uh, fists. <laughs> your fist is a good one, but well, you got your your ring door uh, doorbells and all that have uh, cameras and such. Yeah, and packages right. with the devices in them that alerts you and this and that and all kinds of different yeah. things. That there there's a huge effort being made because they they keep catching people that just have truckloads full of packages. They just spend their day driving around grabbing people's packages. It's a lot of right. sting operations, kind of yeah. with, with dummy packages and, and stuff it, being put out. And it's good. Such, it's such an awful crime beyond the cost of what it is. Is especially this time of year because you know you got a lot of kids' Christmas presents and stuff in there that's you know got more meaning than the value. Got people well, buying and, groceries uh, on that. Uh, uh, <laughs> you know the fact that somebody is willing to, I mean, any sort of thievery is is you know, a crime and it should be punished. But the fact that somebody is willing to steal joy and generosity as well as just a consumer good. It makes it just extra despicable, I agree. and it makes me want to go Saudi Arabian with the punishment, or at least a good solid beating. But at any rate, the reason I bring this up is that uh, Gabrielle Cut off their is, hands. I don't. I don't mind that. I don't mind that. Uh, you know, I just I would love to see him get a little nightstick shampoo. I really would. Uh, you've got uh, Gabrielle sending along a video of a guy who is tired of his uh, packages getting stolen. He rigged a fake package with a GPS tracker and a glitter and stink explosion. Uh, and a camera to serve up some entertaining justice, or so it claims. Um, and we'll post that for you at armstrongandgetty.com so you can enjoy that, uh, that justice. Have you seen the video of the guy trying to steal the big screen TV off of somebody's porch? I have not. showed up at a package, and he's trying. <laughs> it falls on him, and he's trying to get in. It's unwieldy. It's, it's pretty funny. Idiot. Uh, first, though, a freedom-loving quote of the day from none other than Winston Churchill, as I am... Uh, not getting nearly as much physical activity as usual. I'm watching more TV. I happen to watch The Darkest Hour I'm yesterday with Jeff Bridges as, uh, as uh, Churchill. I missed the first Jeff chunk. Jeff Bridges as Churchill. Mm, I haven't try, seen that one. Try, no. try again. It's, uh, all right, hang on. Hang on. It's um, No, it's not Jeff That'd Bridges. That'd be something. It's uh, Thank you, Richard Pryor. Show. That's just like your opinion, man. <laughs> yeah. it, no, who? Oh, oh, it was the other guy who looks like him. Hitler's well, not a threat. That's just like your opinion, man. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. 
to reduce the great Jeff Bridges to his character, the great Lebowski, is an insult to the man. A brilliant actor. What the heck's his name? It's Gary Oldman. G- Gary Oldman? Yes. That was Gary Oldman? It was. Yeah. Who was the guy who normally isn't taken seriously but played George Washington to great acclaim? Uh, that's the guy from Dumber and Dumber. Right. Jeff Daniels? Yeah. Jeff Daniels. That's who I was thinking of. It wasn't him either. Jeff but... Daniels, yeah. who often plays world leaders, <laughs> though he's in dumb movies, very much like Jeff Bridges, also named Jeff. Joe wins. Uh, anyway, here's the quote from... <laughs> wow, that's I... interesting rules you got there. <laughs> anyway, Owen, too. <laughs> when you went with Jeff Bridges as Winston Churchill. <laughs> it's... Uh... <laughs> Uh, uh, At any rate, Gary Oldman, who, as it turns out, played the prime minister. He was terrific in it. Oh, I'd say. Here's a quote from Winston himself. Success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. There's a new biography of Churchill out that is supposed to be the best ever written by okay. everybody who uh, that, that finally, after years of lionizing and then, you know, the backlash of make trying to make him look evil. There's a fair right in the middle biography out. Wow. Terrific. Yeah. Excellent. I assume it mentions Churchill in the title. And if I know what Google I'm is, sure. I can find it. I would assume or, so. Or I'm sorry, Duck, Duck, Go. I don't use Google anymore because oh. they're evil. You hear that? Google. Nice note from Diane here. Guys, I'm one of the few affected by the potential government shutdown. My husband and I have reservations to camp in Death Valley Christmas week. Made these plans months ago, hoping to escape some Christmas drama at home, if you know what I mean. Not happy. Diane, seriously, and you do whatever you want to do, and I totally uh, respect that. But if I were you, and I would have to talk my wife into this, I'm going. I'm showing up to the campground. I'm walking on. If they won't let me drive on, I'm walking on. I'm carrying a sleeping bag, and I'm camping. I'm sleeping. Because this practice of shutting off national monuments on the National Mall, it's an open-air monument. There are no services. There are no personnel. It's something to look at. Jack pointed out last government shutdown or two ago, they put up cones at wide spots in the road so you couldn't slow down and look at Mount Rushmore. That is absolutely, oh, God, I'm getting so worked up. It is punishing the American people for daring to suggest the government get its act in order. It is utterly unjustifiable. They were closing beaches. Uh, Have you ever been to a beach? You walk on it, you look at the ocean. Uh, They were closing forests. You walk around, you look at the trees and listen to the chickadees to make their noises. There's no point in closing it. Go, violate it, get arrested, please everybody. Then call the news when it happens. Remember, this came up yesterday. Uh, remember when the New Jersey had a shutdown in the state of New Jersey and Chris Christie took his family to the beach? Remember that? <laughs> right. I that do. That was awesome. <laughs> the beach was shut down, but he took his family. That's right. Surprised he, he, didn't, permission. Surprised he had a 20% approval rating at the end. All right. Here's uh, a couple of things very quickly. I love this from Brent. It's... Uh, uh, the moment, it's beautiful moments in life. When you realize the coexist sticker, you've seen it a thousand times. It only includes two genders. It's got the universal male symbol and the universal female, but that's all. It's a third, just two genders. It's time to boycott the, 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 uh, the coexist sticker. Awesome. So the coexist sticker will become a symbol of hate. Oh, it is if clearly. You have that on your car. That means you hate anybody that does not see themselves as male or female. A symbol of oppression. So you have to take that off your car. 
Not only is it a symbol of being a soft head who doesn't understand world events, now you're part of the patriarchy. How do you like that? (laughs) Marshall's news coming up. So much to get into and try to figure out. And that AI Christmas song, which is funny, all on the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. It's amusing, isn't it? <laughs> that, that, that caught me off guard. That yeah. was good. My new text tone is funny. Um, <clears throat> it's Stewie from Family Guy saying, what? Every time I get a text. And it makes me Beautiful. laugh every time. Uh, my kids help me pick it out. That's fun time with the kids right yeah. there. Picking out funny tones for your phone. Let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, President Trump tweeting about today's scheduled sentencing for his former national security advisor, Michael Flynn. Trump tweeting, good luck today in court to General Michael Flynn. Will be interesting to see what he has to say, despite tremendous pressure being put on him about Russian collusion in our great and obviously highly successful political campaign. Okay, let me jump in here before you get into more of uh, Comey and Trump. So, so Sean hands me this thing. He's going through the various articles, and he hands me this thing about Roger Stone doing something. And Sean said, is this important? I've completely lost the ability to judge what's important and what's not. And I said, me too. That's where I am. I just, I have no idea. Everything's important. Everything is a constitutional crisis at every moment. With all these different little things, which one is part of which story? And is it a big deal or a small deal? I just, I've completely lost my meter for being able to tell. We just need to get to the end of this story and somebody announce the, the, the final score. Well, and there are aspects of, you know, these various investigations that ought to be covered, you know, at the highest level, the most serious level. They, they go to the Constitution and justice and the rest of it. There are aspects of it that kind of go to the next election. They're politically, you know, they got some heat to them. Probably ought to cover them over on the cable channels. Whatever. And there, there are some aspects of them that are fit only for TMZ. They have absolutely no significance to them whatsoever, but they're right. kind of juicy and gossipy and fun. But, uh, you know, they're all portrayed as the first group and you all s- the time. But you say you think you've figured out the Flynn thing. You're going to tell us about that later? Yeah, yeah. I, I've had to make a bit of a leap in logic, yeah. but it's as, as close as I've come. Anyway, back to Marshall. <laughs> is, it, a- is that okay with your hip, a logic leap? Yeah, don't do logic leaps yeah, with your, no, with your new careful, hip. careful, yeah. Not for a month. No logic. No leaps in logic for a month, I believe the doctor said. Probably unsafe. Thank you. Getting back to Flynn, he's due to be sentenced for lying to the FBI about contacts with a top Russian official during the presidential transition. Flynn's lawyers suggesting mightily that investigators discourage Flynn from having an attorney present during the interview and never informed him it was a crime to lie. Now, Republican Congressman Mark Meadows agrees. He doesn't think Flynn is getting a fair shake at all. Without being advised that he should have counsel, without being advised that potentially his testimony was in conflict with what the FBI already knows is troubling. White House. When are we allegedly talking to the journalist? About the Flynn story? Are yeah. We, who yeah. are we talking? We, we, I don't know. We don't know yet. Well, uh, all right. I just I hate to hold off the whole show waiting for some sage to show up. Well, let's do that coming up. Okay, beautiful. Meanwhile, the White House blasting former FBI Director James Comey's criticism following a closed-door House committee meeting. After the session, Comey called on Republicans to stand up to President Trump. At some point, someone has to stand up, and in the face of fear of Fox News, fear of their base, fear of mean tweets, stand up for the values of this country and not slink away into retirement, but stand up and speak the truth. 
He well, said I, while posing for a marble statue, yeah. which is his body language at every moment. Um, I, I, a, a um, commentator on Fox uh, yesterday, and it's one of their liberal commentators, one of the guys that represents the liberal side of things. He said, look, I think the president was wrong with a variety of things he's said about the FBI and his damage. But he said Homie's doing a great deal of damage to the FBI, FBI himself yeah. by becoming such a partisan and taking sides to the extent. He should stay out of it. He should be more Mueller-like and Agreed. just do your job and stay out of it. There's no doubt if, if Comey is worried about the integrity of the FBI, shut your freaking trap, dude. Yet another black eye. Two new Senate reports show Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube withheld data during lawmakers' questions about Russian manipulation efforts on social media. The New York Times citing YouTube, a unit of Google, for not disclosing how many people watched the videos on its site created by Russian trolls. Facebook for not releasing uh, comments users made when they took in Russian-generated content. And apparently, Twitter only uh, came up with some sketchy details about Russia-controlled accounts that were spreading propaganda here. Times goes on to say the Senate reports say Google, Twitter, and Facebook, which also owns Instagram, were described by researchers as having evaded and misrepresented themselves to the extent of Russian activity on their sites. Information which, quote, would have provided a fuller and more actionable picture of what was really going on. Yeah, see, I don't mind Facebook, Twitter, whoever getting used by the Russians. The Russians are very clever. They got a goal in mind. Your business model didn't include trying to figure out Russian espionage. But um, you got to be honest with everybody when, 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 it, when everybody starts looking into it as to what extent it happened on right. your platform. You can't lie to us about that. And one last note, no golden parachute. CBS Board of Directors says former CEO Les Moonves will not get millions of dollars in severance pay following allegations of sexual misconduct. An investigation investigation by the board found that there was cause for Moonves firing, including his willful and material malfeasance and breaking company policies. It's against company policy to uh, have basically sex workers in your office? Yeah, apparently so. That's how it boils down. His job down. is to pleasure you every single day. That's against company policy. Yeah, Moonves stood to get $120 million in severance pay after being forced out in September. His lawyer is making sounds as though they will fight this decision. Well, uh, uh, Sean, take a look into our company policy. See if uh, that's <laughs> mentioned. Um, I can't believe his <laughs> wife. What's his wife's name? She's famous. Mrs. Moonves. Uh, Julie Chen. <laughs> Julie Chen. Julie Chen. Yeah. She's... She's off of her TV show, but I can't believe she's sticking with the guy. She does she just she believes his story that this is all lies, I guess. Or you know, there are plenty of women who are fairly comfortable, not fairly, they're comfortable with the power couple thing. Yeah, but it's one thing to have a, a husband who who runs around and you're a power couple. It's another to the guy's being accused of some pretty bad stuff. Uh, forcing, depends, if not know. coercing women into sex is a different thing. Go ask around in Russia or Turkey or Saudi Arabia or, or a number of lands around the world. So here's a super powerful guy. He had uh, young women who'd come in and pleasure him now and again. Not They'd a, say, yeah, of course. Not a good look yes. for Julie Chan yes. if she thinks yes. that's okay. Right. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. <laughs> And by the way, good clip there, Michael. I see what you're doing, because uh, Hillary either believes Bill didn't do some of the things he did. Oh, please, don't waste my time. Um, or or doesn't care. I mean, th- those are the only two options. Either don't believe him or... Right. Or you're fine with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
So Joe's going to unravel the, the Flynn thing for us. Uh, best I can. And uh, one, of the, one of the great pieces of evidence I have is a completely unfair to my mind article in a major American newspaper about the thing. But it kind of shines a light from the other side. So yeah, I think I know what's going on with Flynn right now. And he's not a <clears throat> he's not an angel. He's not a great American patriot who's simply been entrapped and railroaded. On the other hand, I think there is some uh, there's some pretty uh, left-handed dealing going on here by the uh, Mueller people. And I'm a left-handed guy, so I don't know why I would use that expression. Computer programmers had artificial intelligence come up with the perfect Christmas song. They call it Cinnamon Holly Bells or Merry Jingalong. <laughs> we'll play some of that for you coming up also. Please. Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. That's a good Christmas song. Perfectly okay. Everybody likes Little Drummer Boy. Who doesn't like Bob Seger? Please. But you can do better than this. You can do better than this if you have artificial intelligence and you program into a bunch of computers. You want the best Christmas song. And they give them, I don't know, all kinds of parameters of what makes a great great Christmas song, I guess. Well, you feed in the the great Christmas songs, really. And here's one called that artificial intelligence created. There are no words for some reason. There's just the music. Merry Jingalong. Very bell heavy. I believe those are the jings. It, it sounds like a like a ten year old. So there you go. Just, it, goes, it goes on more or less like that. <laughs> um, uh, okay, you see, so you think it sounds like a ten year old? I was about to say they're going to be able to. Computers are going to crank out pop songs soon. Oh, that's clearly they're true. just going to all the pop songs will just be cranked out by computers. Oh yeah, they're like. And, you know, people who have seen the YouTube videos on this topic know this to be true. There are like four or five different chord patterns that hit music has these days. And that's it. That's it. And, yeah, you program some let's dance, I love to dance, I feel free when I dance, and or I love you, and or I used to love you, uh, (laughs) lyrics, and or, please, it's over. I was listening to the new Taylor Swift album over the weekend because my wife's into it and my kids are into it. And, uh, yeah, I love you, or I used to love you. Or I wish you still loved me. Or let's dance. <laughs> Those or are your options. <laughs> or if if it's a woman, a young woman singer, I introduced you to this genre, the vaguely empowered rock. Oh yeah, that's big among female artists, and good for them. But sure. the whole I am strong. I'm a lion. Hear me roar. I can't be defeated. We're gonna Just, make it. Exactly. Yeah. Whatever. No one can stop us. Run, no one. <laughs> Let them try. I'll roar at them like a lion, is referenced in the chorus. Okay. At some point, we're going to get into this James Comey thing. I'm starting to suspect a cover up. I haven't heard anybody else say this, so maybe I'm a wing nut. But I'm starting, starting to suspect, uh, suspect a cover, uh, cover up because James Comey said some stuff that I thought, I can't believe he's saying this out loud. Well, uh, I'm thinking maybe. Uh, other people thought the same thing because the video is nowhere now. Um, mm. But stay tuned for that and some of the commentary about it, uh, if you will. 
For new listeners to the Armstrong and Getty show, uh, that fellow over there, Jack Armstrong and me, Joe Getty, we we do more. We like to think we do more than just yay, say yay for our side, boo for the other side, whatever side that happens to be. And we try to actually understand what's happening and help you understand what's happening. I'm honest to God curious about it. Oh, yeah, me too. I, uh, yeah, yeah, I just I find it uh, interesting, intriguing. This Flynn case, General Michael Flynn, really, really interesting to me because he was a guy on the Trump transition team. He was uh, part of the foreign policy, uh, you know, think team during the campaign. He was clearly headed to a national security role, and indeed he was uh, named national security advisor. But he had every reason during the transition period, to make contact with foreign figures, foreign ambassadors and leaders and whomever, and simply say, hey, I'm Michael Flynn, uh, good chance we'll be working together, I wanted to say hello, and and I think you know there's reason to believe this whole shipping thing, I want you to understand, America's not against you, we can find a way. That sort of call, if he didn't make that sort of call, that would be uh, m- malpractice. So the idea that he made contact with old fat Kislyak, uh, the Russian ambassador, uh, was it Vasily? Nobody cares. Kislyak. Um, that's, that's nothing. That's, he, he was doing his job and he should be. Now, the fact that he lied about it to Mike Pence, and that is why he was fired. He told Mike Pence he had not had more contacts and, and so that's why the Trump administration let him go. That's just undisputed. Everybody agrees. The biggest Trump backer in the world agrees that, yeah, that's right, Flynn, for some reason, was lying to people within the administration. And allegedly he lied about it to the FBI. And that part I found really mystifying because, again, the contact with Kislyak is almost certainly an innocent one. And two, he knows, in fact, he said as much in his interview you guys know what was said because they listen. The NSA listens in to conversations with foreign leaders. And anybody in national security knows all this. Okay, Jack, does that seem straight to you? Anything you'd like to add? No, Anything I left no, out? No. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about what comes next, though. Well, I so still don't here, get it. here I am completely mystified why he would have lied, why he bothered. Well, yesterday the headline broke that a couple of his co workers, his associates, had been indicted for uh, lobbying for Turkey without registering as lobbyists. And then I thought to myself, hmm, wait a minute here. I think I have a hint of what's going on. Was Michael Flynn attempting to become some sort of Paul Manafort-esque character who lobbied for, who granted access to various uh, 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 parties around the world, some of them perhaps loathsome dictators. But a much more bold version of Paul Manafort if you're going to do it from an actual White House position. Right, exactly. And so my theory at that point was, well, he had all sorts of stuff going on that he knew was under the table in terms of diplomacy, so he felt like he ought to minimize all of his meetings. Anything that wasn't known, he could he should minimize it or lie about it. I thought, yeah, maybe that's true. So maybe he was just reflexively downplaying everything. Then I come across this article in the Washington Post by Aaron Blake, who we've talked to more than once. Um, and it is utterly dismissive of the FBI's nasty tactics. Uh, pretending like it was just going to be a, a fun personal conversation with Flynn. Advising him specifically not to bring counsel. 
Uh, bringing it up late in the meeting as if it's an afterthought. Comey bragging in front of an audience that he'd have never done this to a different administration because they'd have known better and sent lawyers, but he got away with it with the Trump idiots. All that. He is utterly dismissive of anybody having an objection to that. And this is where my fair-handed umpire thing comes in. I think that is really, really uh, out of bounds. And and really, particularly Comey bragging about it, I think that's despicable. Oh, yeah, we're going to talk about that more coming up. Right. Anybody who believes in justice, who believes in transparency, can't think that's fine. And so it bothered me, man. It really bothered me how dismissive Aaron Blake and the WAPO was of those events. Um, but it also became clear to me that the FBI found out that, sure enough, Flynn was lobbying for Erdogan, the Turkish dictator, and a couple of his oligarchs, and he was lying about it, and his people are lying about it. And I think it's entirely possible that he arguably kind of sort of lied about the Russian stuff, but the FBI said to him, we're going to nail you. We're going to absolutely murder you over the turkey stuff unless you hand us your scalp and we say it's about Russia. And I think that's a bit of a stretch by Mueller and his boys because I think their gripe with Flynn isn't about Russia at all. There's nothing there. But it is about Turkey. Yeah, watching uh, like watching Rachel Maddow last night, she was all about the turkey angle of it as being the, uh, the problem mm-hmm. for, for Flynn. Right, and, that's and, where that the, the real obvious crime is. But so here's kind of your uh, sub result. Anybody who goes on and on about, and then you've got Michael Flynn lying about Russian contacts. I think Flynn's lies about Russian contacts were completely insignificant. Like Papadopoulos before him, like Manafort, like Cohen, he's getting nailed for something else, and it's kind of sort of almost tied to Russia. Got the worst gadgets of 2018. You might remember some of these that were introduced with great acclaim. Would human extinction be a tragedy? Some people say no, which is weird. Hmm. Uh, more of those AI Christmas songs because they're <laughs> kind of funny. Great. And the Kobe stuff all on the way in the Armstrong and Getty show.